listening to Football and Fluff, where we talk a lot of football and a little bit of fluff. This podcast is a venue where we discuss college football and its fluff. We're your co-host. I'm Hank. And I'm Trey. I'm the football. And I'm the fluff. Word play of the day brought to you by Sons Just Egg Rolls. A delight in every bite. They can be reached on Instagram at Sons Just Egg Rolls. If you're ever in the Tampa area, you can find them at their stationary location, 27140 State Road 56, Wesley Chapel, Florida. 833-337-2823. Sons Just Egg Rolls. Word play of the day. Red shirt. The designation given to a college player who did not play in any games during a particular year due to the head coach's decision or injury. Sometimes in the case of injury, the NCAA will grant a medical redshirt to a player who started the season but did not play in very many games. The redshirted player is permitted to practice with the team and this doesn't count against his four years of eligibility. Most often, freshmen are redshirted so that in their first year of playing, which is their sophomore year of college, They are called red shirt freshmen as opposed to true freshmen. Red shirt, word play of the day. Special thanks to Jasper Brinkley for coming to hang out with the Football and Fluff family last episode. Thanks, bruh. This week, we had an opportunity to sit down and talk to a sports trainer. He and his mother wrote a book called Small Change, a 28-day guide on eating, thinking, and feeling healthier. Meal plans, exercise tips, and activities to boost your spirit. He and his mother also wrote Small Change, Big Results, the trainer's guide to eliminating childhood obesity. Initiated in 2005, Small Change Big Results is an extension of Small Change, a 28-day guide to eating, thinking, and feeling healthier. Within months of its initial release, he and his mother realized that a disproportionate number of students were neither ideal weight nor in satisfactory physical condition. It quickly became he and his mother's mission to help parents and children find healthy alternatives. He runs his operation, Everyday Cam, EDC, out of Fury Baseball Academy in Rossville, Georgia. Football and Fluff family, welcome Coach Cam, Cameron T. Russell. How are you, sir? Man, I'm doing awesome. Um, feeling great. I'm actually doing this one from the patio because we got great weather up here in Tennessee right now. So, you know, it's nice and cool and crispy. Feeling good and uh, glad to be here. Well, we are absolutely glad. Um, I'm honored that you said yes to come to the show um, and took the time out to to come and visit the Football and Fluff family. Uh, we know you run a busy schedule, 
but we had to get you on the show because um, you know your 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 platform needs to be heard and needs to be seen by those around the United States and the world. So let's just get right into this thing. Uh, some of the questions come in through our email, footballandfluff at gmail.com from myself and my co-host Fluff. I'm the football and she's the fluff. So let's, let's just jump right into it. Got it. What or who got you interested in sports training? Man, it's a crazy story. Um, <clears throat> I spent half of my childhood in New York half of it in Tennessee. And when I was in New York, you know, I played youth sports, but uh, my primary focus at the time was football because I, I played on a travel team. And uh, that's, you know, we, we we happen to be one of the better travel teams in the state of New York, especially in the, the uh, lower part of New York anyway. So every summer when we would get ready to start uh, getting ready to go to practice, you know, we had a coach he lived in our neighborhood, and back then, NFL still held open tryouts where any guy that felt like, you know, he could contribute or make a difference or make a team, you know, certain days of the summer during fall camp, they would have open trials. They don't do that anymore. So our coach would be in camp with the Giants for, like, he did this for two or three years running. So for a few weeks, we didn't see him. Well, I felt it was my duty at that age to say, hey, guys, we need to go to, to the park, get these monkey bars. Let's jog around. Uh, we need to get some, you know, get some sprints in, man. Let's start doing our push-ups. And at the time, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just saying, if coach getting ready for the season, we need to get ready for the season too. So that's where I got my that's where I got my start, man. I had no idea I was gonna be feeding myself with that later on in life, but that's how I got out. That's awesome. That's awesome. So so how was it uh, growing up in New York? What part of New York did you grow up in? Man, I grew up in the YL, which is Yonkers, which is Westchester County. You know what I'm saying? We know for, you know, I live in the same same part of town, same section as Mary J. Blige, DMX, Jada Kids, Styles P, all them guys in the in the hip hop world. Yes, sir. Um, you know, a lot of us play youth sports together, uh, beating on cars, making beats, rapping. All of us thought we was gonna be rappers, but you know, I chose my lane, they chose theirs, so. Um, as you know, I spent a lot of time in Tennessee with, with grandparents on both sides, you know, uh, so I was always back and forth and then we moved. So yeah, growing up in New York was different, but I liked it, you know, it made, mm -hmm. helped shape me. Who was the first college athlete you trained or athlete period? And, um, another funny story. When I got out of college, I knew I wanted to do this. So I was doing like internships with my strength coach at uh, Tennessee Chattanooga at the time. And okay. when I got out, I started working for a local uh, sports outfit training facility here. Um, and I saw this kid, I would read the newspapers, like study the high school scene, right? Yes. And I knew who the best players were in the area. So this kid, he played, Chattanooga's a border town. So I crossed the border with the Alabama one night and watched this kid play. And uh, after the game, he was with his parents. And I walked up to his parents. And I was like, what's up, bro? I'm Coach Cam. You like, his name was Ali Sharif. I said, you Sharif, right? And he mm. was like, yes, sir. So his dad was standing there like, who is this guy? And I said, hey, man, you have about 250 yards tonight, man, five touchdowns, right? And he was like, yeah. I said, check this out. 
I'm Coach Cam. I train at the Sports Barn in Chattanooga. And if you come and hang out with me, you would have had 275 and six touchdowns. <laughs> Here go my phone number. Now, right. at the time, I was bluffing, bro, because I didn't have any, you know, this guy was a five-star recruit. He ended up playing at Alabama, you know, doing well. Now I got a family and everything. But he was my first guy, and I just walked up to him and sold it to him his parents. After I got him in, I started dealing with the whole program. And when you're dealing with a winning program, guys, you know, playing in the SEC, the rest yes. is history. So guys just start falling in line. Yes, best football on the, on the land is mm-hmm. SEC football without question. And mm-hmm. I grew up in the Midwest, and folks talk about the Big Ten all the time, and I don't want to hear it. It's the, <laughs> the SEC. Yeah. Yeah. What what are some of your off-season preparations that you do with uh, college football athletes or any athletes for that matter during their off-season? Man, it's funny you say that. I I, I pretty much guys only see me during their off-season. Like most see. of the relationships I have with athletes is during the off-season. Um, the guys that's in college, they play pro. Even some high school guys, they got their own strength coach. But in the summer, they want a little extra or they in town for a couple of weeks or whatever, and they need to keep the workouts up. So I deal mostly with guys during the offseason, man. Um, I've had guys doing this pretty much the same stuff, not the same stuff, but on the same schedules. They go from high school to college, and some of them in the pros now. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Got and it. Uh, we just add on each summer, each offseason. My goal every offseason is to make a guy a little bit more splat or a girl, a little bit more explosive, more faster, quicker, and, you know, just to continue to mature and develop. Um, I do a lot of mentoring, man, you know, a lot of bush, button pushing, and I keep up with my athletes throughout the season, too, and see how they're doing. And, you know, it's just a way to That's let awesome. them know, hey, you know, I appreciate you, you know, going out there and representing me and doing what you do. Exactly. Awesome. Awesome. Some, some of the things that you do, you, you talked about a little bit about uh, a, fa- a bigger burst or uh, make them faster, yeah. stronger. What are yeah. some of those, what, what, what do some of those exercises look like? Man, I'm, I'm a basic guy. Like you get guys out here now and they do a lot of what we call eyewash. They put a lot of things into a workout to fool a guy or a girl or a female into thinking they're doing more than what they're doing. But in the end, it goes back to the basics. Um, I still deal with Olympic lifts, stuff that makes you explosive. Um, but I also mix in some of the new age stuff. Like I'm a big Vertimax guy. Vertimax is a piece okay. of equipment that people use for explosion. You can do all kinds of stuff on it. Uh, those guys at Vertimax, Vertimax basketball, Vertimax track and field, they working on Vertimax boxing right now. And uh, I use it like it's, you know, paper towels all the time. You know what I mean? Because I want, I just want my athletes to be the best they can possibly be. So I stay with the new school and keep up with what's going on. But in the end, especially with your younger athletes, the basics always get you more faster. I Got mean, it. as in time frame, you're doing the basics and, and doing them properly, you'll always see gains pretty quick. What are the biggest differences in diet recommendations uh, for athletes now versus when you first started? Or do you even get yeah. into uh, yes, sir. The diet and the nutrition part? Yes, sir, man. I'm glad you asked that. Um, 
up until probably the mid, the uh, I would say 2007, 8, 2010, that's when you started to see athletes where everybody was like, yo, we need to put better fuel. Um, okay. Um, water has become so much more important now. Um, I got a deal with a company called Defiance Fuel, and all they do is deal with athletes. Uh, my guy that's a boxer, blue chip down there in Tampa with you, uh, Nick Chubb with the uh, Browns. You know, we all you know share posts and this and that, and talk about the importance of hydration and all that. Hydration is really important now. Um, like I promote chocolate milk with my younger athletes, as in it's one of the best recovery drinks that you can come up with. And I always have to argue with them or a parent and convince them that, nah, you're not going to get sick, man. It's not going to make your stomach. You're going to feel great, as a matter of fact. So uh, you got pros out there like uh, Clay Thompson with the Warriors, Serena Williams. Um, they all promote chocolate milk as a recovery drink because, you know, in the end, we came up on milk as infants. So it's still one of nature's elixirs in that it's a natural, good, recovery and, and, and help you put muscle on, you know, if you put your protein with it. But uh, um, I teach athletes, man, to be square with their meals, add a lot of color. Be square uh -huh. with your meals, add a lot of color. As in, we don't want to overindulge at any point during the day. Um, for an athlete, you should always be hungry, but you shouldn't be hungry, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Which, 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 which in, in essence, what that boils down to is, you should be eating all day. If your teacher will allow you to have a nice snack, you know, not a sneaker bar, but a nice healthy snack in school, hey, Miss Such and Such or Mr. Such and Such, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm, I'm working on such and such and I got a game this week. I need to keep my protein up. Coach Phew. told me to ask you if I could possibly do that. So we do that these days, man. Uh, you know, back when we was coming up, you go into the principal's office. They catch you pulling a granola bar or something, a banana or something out of class. You know, we couldn't even chew gum. So, but now you got teachers that understand, you know, these kids trying to make a better life for themselves. So exactly. That's, yeah. that's awesome. Um, what are some indicators that you use to determine what target training an athlete needs? Man, it's, it's, I had a, uh, I started a nine-year-old baseball team today. First day. Bunch of little guys bouncing around, full of energy. Half of them been at school, half of them been on the Zoom, so they're not on the same page. And the first thing I do is get them to jog. We're going to jog three laps. Not because I want you to get tired, not because I need you to, you know, start sweating. I just want to see what your running technique is like. Okay, you're making an assessment. Okay. Right. So the majority of them at nine years old, they don't have any running technique. So the first thing we're going to do is sit down on this turf and work on our shoulders. Um, I use references like uh, I asked them, how many of you guys know who Usain Bolt is? Two of them raised their hand. It's like, he's the guy in the Olympics. I was like, yes, fastest man on the planet runs like this. And I showed them. And they, I said, so shouldn't we be doing that? And they was like, yes, sir. So I said, okay, let's jog two more laps. And then we started getting into the technique and what we need to be doing and all that. So. First thing I want to see is what your form looks like. How do you run? That's the first thing I want to see. Now, with that being said, tell us how you would prepare a college for today's game. Okay. Today's game is so spread out, and you have to be able to move in so many different planes of motion. 
no matter what position you play, quarterbacking, you know, wide outs, deep, offensive linemen. So I most guys, and you know, I'm gonna get some, there are some guys that disagree with this, but my idea is to you don't have to be the strongest guy on the team, but you do need to be the most explosive. You need to be uh, yeah, I take more explosion than strength. Because explosion football is a short sport, as in totally place. Yeah, three <laughs> to four seconds. So you're only exerting yourself for three to four seconds, and then you got 35 to rest. Three to four seconds, 35 to rest. If you're good on either side of the ball, y'all score, y'all getting a three and out, you're going to the sideline to rest for five to ten minutes. So you need to be explosive for three to four minutes. So that's why I stick with the Olympic lifts, um, basics, and then a light. You see a lot of the stuff that I put on uh, social media, but my real tricks, the stuff that I've been doing for years that I know works, people never see. Only the people that train with me know about them because I, I don't want everybody in the world using what I'm using. So there's always some tricks. You know, you keep a few secrets in your back pocket. Yes, sir. That you can That's use your brand. To, you know, yeah, to get a guy quicker, faster, you know, whatever, whatever they need to do. But the college football guys, by the time they get to college, they already know what the work what, what's expected. Yes. And their 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 whole goal is to go back whenever they report back in as good a shape or better than when they left. And that's my job. As long as you go back and we can stay off the injuries, you know, I don't want I do a lot of I I overwork the hamstrings on purpose and I do a lot of injury prevention with the knees on purpose because you know, those are two things that pop up quickly. Because mm -hmm. I work with females, and females are, are much more susceptible to uh, ACL, MCL, stuff like that, that because of the hip structure. That's so correct. because I do so much of that with them, I can translate that into a college football guy, and he never even come close to uh, suffering any of that stuff because we do a lot of cross-training, a lot of cross-training. Incredible. I, I absolutely agree with you. On explosion, absolutely. Mm -hmm. What is the one thing you wished you would have known when you began your career? The one thing. One thing I wish I would have known is that you have to wait on the human investment. I can go buy stock in Nike, uh, Amazon, whatever, and I could be making money tomorrow. Or I could see this thing explode and say, hey, that was a great investment. But with the human investment, you take a, a guy fresh out of high school going to college or a guy that's in college and he got NFL aspirations. You have to wait and watch the process. And once this guy makes it, he's going to be, there's gratitude, there's loyalty, and he's going to bring you more business now. Now, at the same time, for every set of dice you roll on a guy like that, there's some guys that don't make it. Yes. So it had I known then to like be patient and let guys mature and go through the process, mm -hmm. give them time, then your work comes out a little bit better. But if you're rushing them, you know, and like what are we doing right now, right now, all the time, it, it kind of skews things a little bit. So I tell mm -hmm. people, you know, I used to have to explain that to my mom, you gotta wait. You know what I mean? I'm like sure. My favorite quarterback for obvious reasons is Peyton Manning. And he hadn't played in a few years, but he is surefire first ballot Hall of Fame guy. 
Yes. So my whole Peyton Manning turn up thing comes back on when I go to the Hall of Fame induction and sit there and shake, you know, go to the after situation and take pictures. Now I got all of that to flow right back out there again and say, hey, I'm still a quarterback guy. I can help you. You know what I mean? With Absolutely. the next generation. Yeah. Absolutely. Understood. So so you did train Peyton Manning. This is for Dang, our listeners, yo, of course. Man. Yeah, man. For like 12, 13 years, when we started with the coach. Probably two years after that, we linked up. Um, I was I was I was good friends with his wife. Um his wife's grandparents lived close to my mom. My mom was a nurse at the time. Yeah. And she kind of helped helped her family, Peyton's wife's family, go through some hospice situations and all like this stuff. Understood. So that kind of linked us together. And she was like, you know, my husband need a guy. So um, all through the lockouts, uh, when he had the neck surgery and all like yeah. this stuff, I traveled the whole country with him doing the workouts. Okay. The rehab everything together all at one time because the mm-hmm. NFL was on strike at the time. So yeah, man, we go way back. I train his kids now. Okay, okay. Now you mentioned your mom, and it mm-hmm. is my understanding that uh, you co-wrote a book with your mom or two books. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, and those two books talked about uh, childhood obesity, and it also talked about nutrition for kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the first book was predicated toward, you know, getting people out of uh, sedentary lifestyles, um, just giving right. tips on to people on how you can get a little more activity, burn a few more calories, um, a baseline meal plan, and you know, you know, if you're into weight loss and stuff like that. The second book was geared to more sports, as in, I wrote it for parents, especially uh, moms who may be in a situation to where they're not quite sure on how to introduce their son or daughter to sports. Yeah. And especially if they're already exhibiting some, some issues with weight or overeating, um, inactivity, things like that. So I wrote that book with, with the uh, design intent on eliminating that problem in America, man, because I, I see it too much. You yes. know, like I was telling you, we was kids, we was active. We had to go outside, you had to do this. Right. You had to help cut the grass. You had to take trash out. Well, a lot of kids these days don't do that. So you got this obesity problem, man. So I was like, my lane is sports and here's how you can introduce your kid to that so he can get some more activity, save himself later in life. So Cam, where can the listeners find you on social media? You can catch me at EverydayCam1 on Instagram. Cameron T. Russell on Facebook or just playing Everyday Cam on Twitter. Football and Fluff family, we are glad and happy that Cam came by to um, let us know a little bit about Everyday Cam. Yes, sir. We thank you for coming by, brother. We want you to come back and we won't give away any of the secrets, but we definitely want you to check in with us and, and we can talk a little bit more about nutrition and even for some of the football and fluff family who aren't athletes, I'm sure they would benefit from the information. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. It's been a pleasure, an honor and a pleasure to be on, man. I plan on making this like home base for me. Um, you know, as you know, it's a family thing here. And uh, 
I'm in your neck of the woods next week, man. So hopefully we can link up, do lunch or whatever. Maybe I can get you yes, out sir. to a fight or something. You know what I mean? Come yes, out and enjoy some boxing or something with us. All right. Football and fluff, Cameron T. Russell. That wraps up this episode of Football and Fluff. Follow us on Instagram at Football and Fluff. Send us an email at footballandfluff at gmail.com. Tell us about some topics that you would like to discuss. See y'all next week.